This podcast is sponsored by LearnAbletonOnline.com, a community of Ableton Live users connecting you to the pros to learn today's music production. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another great episode of Pro Music Producers, also known as the Ableton Live Music Producer Podcast. We have a super special guest today. Uh, he is the Ableton Territory Manager for Ableton Live. Thomas Falds is his name. And he was so gracious out of his crazy busy schedule flying all over the country, going to NAM to talk primarily about the new release of Ableton Live 10, which is pretty much like Christmas in February, if you ask me. Thomas, I know that you have probably a lot of great insight to share with us today. So uh, thanks, man, for joining us. This is going to be fun. Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Happy Live 10 release day. Right. It really is. But yeah, so just tell us a little bit about your musical background, I guess how you got started producing music, and then maybe share from that segment into how you started working for Ableton full-time. Sure. Well, I'm uh, primarily a drummer and a beat maker, and uh, you know, I started a pretty typical way, banging on pots and pans, playing drums in a school band, jazz band, marching band, um, and then playing in as many um, after-school extracurricular bands as I possibly could. I pretty much knew I wanted to be a session drummer when I was 15 years old. And, um, you know, I'd do everything from hip-hop to punk to country to top 40. And um, when it came time to go to college, uh, I found out I could basically major in drum set by getting a jazz studies degree. And uh, did that. Um, about two years in, I kind of got tired of always being in someone else's band playing drums and uh, got inspired by electronic music, programming drums, uh, music like Aphex Twin, Square Pusher, uh, oh, yeah. Mad, Mad Lib, Jay Dilla, Flying Lotus. Classics. And these, are, these guys became my favorite drummers, but they weren't drummers. They were programming with electronic instruments and computers. So I um, switched my focus to music technology and uh, ultimately got an uh, undergraduate degree in that. And um, after college, I only applied for two jobs right away. Uh, one was Native Instruments, and the other was Ableton. And I kind of knew this was the future uh, when I discovered Live 3. Um, it's the first software that really felt like an instrument that I could play. Everything else felt like it was a recording program. Yeah. And um, I was hooked from there. And, um, yeah, pretty much uh, been... Uh, producing and live ever since still playing the drums cool yeah yeah i think i don't think i've ever seen a picture of you online without you holding a push to midi controller <laughs> and i so i know you probably do a lot of finger drumming on that and i love that thing for programming drums it's fantastic but yeah that's a great that's a great story so i started out as a drummer as well so i feel like you can relate to that in a lot of ways and it's very convenient rather than carrying a drum set everywhere you go to be able to program drums and just play them with your fingers instead on a controller you can throw in your backpack right and a lot of it is this idea of the potential for sound manipulation. You know, every oh, sure. every drummer that I know kind of has the same favorite drummers and play sets up the drums in a similar way and uses you know conventional sizes and cymbals and, and drums. And um, it, once the sounds have been converted to ones and zeros inside the computer, I just am inspired by this idea that the potential for manipulation is virtually endless, and you can really yeah. take any sound and make anything with it, or you could build. Sure it from scratch and uh, sure. a lot of uh, a lot of about it is um, what computers can do to music and sound that, that inspired me oh absolutely yeah i mean and there's all kinds of 
creative control you can take from that as well and get really, really creative. That's awesome. One thing that I like to ask our guests is uh, if you want to share and kick us off with an inspiring quote that you love. Sure. Uh, there's so many. I mean, I like Ableton uh, has the, the phrase, you know, make music on all the promotional materials. And that's just so to, to the point, uh, right. this idea that nothing really matters outside of, of making music. It's all to, to, to support that. Uh, but one of my other favorite quotes um, was at the very first Loop conference in Berlin. Um, young Guru, the engineer for Jay-Z and so many countless uh, hit songs and, and great music. He talked about this idea that someone asked about a pre using presets in their productions. And he said, you know what? The, the piano is a preset. And... Uh, you you know you're playing this acoustic instrument, but you didn't create that sound. Someone else created that note, and right. um, I just never thought of it like that before. Like it kind of blew my mind open. Hmm. That's and, interesting. And yeah. then uh, at the last loop or two loops ago, uh, No ID was uh, talking about was was referencing that Young Guru loop presentation, and uh, he talked about not only is the, the piano a preset, but a sample can be like a piano you could take a sampled sound and be a virtuoso with it it depends on how you think about it and what you do with that sample right and uh that made me think of you know someone like jay dilla that does you know so many magical things with uh, you know pre-recorded audio sure that those are just some of the quotables that has come out of loop yeah, no, it, it's true. It's it's really interesting that you say that. I mean, I've I've heard se from several producers that like a lot of songs have already been produced or created, but there's so many ways of interpreting that or taking that sound that's already been used and making your own in a lot of different ways. You know, I mean, there's so many hit songs that use the same chord progressions, but they're all their own song. It's what you make out of it. And I think the same is true with like sound design. Like you're talking about presets, taking that same sound or preset making it into something completely different and making it your own. Yeah, sometimes, you know, the sophistication is in the details of things, you know. Sure. Uh, a lot of people think all hip-hop sounds the same or all jazz sounds the same, but if you really get into that kind that music, uh, you realize that it's the, the subtle details that, that makes all the difference. Right. That's great, man. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, how did you get involved working for Ableton? Like, how did that, how did that transition happen exactly? So actually really organically, you know, I mentioned that I had previously applied to work for Ableton uh, right. when I was like 22 years old out of college and I ultimately ended up working at a Sam Ash music store for five years. Oh uh, yeah, I did too, actually. There you go. And, um, Shout out I, to Sam Ash. You know, I always wanted, I would always meet the traveling visiting reps and kind of um, like that idea of traveling around and, and meeting like minds and kind of sharing things that we're passionate about. And uh, it wasn't until... A few years later, I moved to Chicago and I, I worked at every music store in in the city, pretty much, it seems like. Um, yeah. I found myself uh, just telling all my friends about Ableton Live. You know, I, all my friends are musicians and we all had computers. And uh, this was in the days of MySpace and YouTube. And you could really, like, record and release records yourself and mm -hmm. then also perform live with these electronic elements or loops. And, and um, a lot of the experimental jazz musicians I was playing with were really interested in these ideas. And I was playing in bands with all of them and um, kind of got tired of hipping them to Ableton Live one at a time. It got repetitive. And I sure. just, I just yeah. got this idea. Uh, I saw... Um, Los Angeles had an Ableton user group that met up every month. Uh, I think it was Laura Escudé and people like Savius Beck. 
uh, in New York, and Dubspot had a had a New York Ableton user group, and I thought, you know, Chicago yeah. could could use one of these, and um, it was really an excuse just to save my time and show all my friends at once. Um, you know, I did like a sixty minute presentation, one on one Ableton Live, uh, very similar to what I'm still doing today. And um, yeah. then I, I discovered two things. One, I really enjoyed teaching and all my kind of retail sales experience. Uh, you know, if you're an ethical salesperson, I find it's you're really an educator just trying to help, you know, your customers or the people you're, you're talking to. And um, I realized I had a knack for explaining things and teaching things. And then my friends started offering me money to teach them Ableton Live. Well, that's nice. And uh, as a struggling, <laughs> struggling jazz drummer, I couldn't, you know, I wasn't making more than $100 a night, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, to get offered, you know, $50 an hour to teach live something I w would have done for free anyway, really gave me this bright idea that I might even be able to, to eke out a living just sharing and, and teaching people this stuff and answering questions. Uh, so sure. um, then I became an Ableton certified trainer uh, shortly after, and that kind of changed my life. I started teaching full-time uh, at a bunch of different schools around Chicago, and people from all over the world would uh, hit me up for private lessons. And um, cool. eventually met Ableton when they came to Chicago um, when, around the time of Live 8 and the APC 40. And um, they started asking me to go to local guitar centers and, and trade shows and um, do presentations uh, similar to what I was doing. That's great. So if you can get paid to do what you love, that's, that's a good life, right? Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. And if you can get your friends to pay you, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. And a, a little bit later, um, one of the members of the Chicago Ableton user group uh, got a job with Native Instruments, moved to Los Angeles and hired me to freelance uh, for Native Instruments as a machine and complete product specialist. Oh, okay. um, that's just awesome. just out of the, the Ableton user group. Um, he kind of asked, cool. asked me to do something similar with Native Instruments, which brought me back full circle to graduating college and only applying to two jobs uh, at Ableton and Native Instruments. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it sounds like you continue just to pursue, I guess, your passions and journey and just worked out. So I encourage anybody who's listening, maybe that hopefully that's inspiring to you. Uh, but you mentioned the user groups with Ableton a couple times. And that's one thing I really love about the Ableton community. You know, I've been using Ableton for about five or six years, and I'm the user group organizer for Indianapolis and Indiana. And I just love, I love how focused the community is. Um, Ableton's been really supportive of these user groups and like giving free swag for our events that like I've been coordinating with the other user group organizer here in Indy. And it just seems like there's, even online, there's a pretty strong community of people and the way that like Ableton's laid out and open source for people to like create their own custom devices and sound effects. We were talking about, you know, presets and sound design earlier. It makes it really easy to share your own effects that you build. I feel like with the world and sending it to your friends and just having it just like, you know, open and install quickly into any Ableton project. And I think that's just another great example of just how community focused Ableton is and how open source it is for people to collaborate. And I love that. Yeah, I haven't seen any other company um, kind of in this industry that's so friendly, I guess I would describe it as, and, uh, and organic. You know, the thing right. about the Ableton user groups is that it all happens without Ableton really running them. I mean, you mentioned we send out free swag, but that's about it. Uh, we'll help promote right. it on social media, but um, it, at no point, you know, do we tell you what to do. Sure. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it, a lot of it is just people who submit 
to Ableton, you know, I submitted a request saying, hey, there's no user group in this area. Can, you know, can we start one? It was like, sure, absolutely. And they, you know, sent us a couple promo things on Facebook and we just had people start flooding in. And I've met a ton of people through that. And it's been awesome. Just completely organic, like you were saying. Um, but kind of moving into Ableton Live 10, it is being released today, like we mentioned. I, I wanted to ask you, like, what are some of your favorite features well, before I even ask that, let me ask you, what are, what are some of the biggest benefits, I guess, using Live versus other software? You know, we've been talking a little bit about Ableton Live, but, like, compared to Logic or Pro Tools, like, just give me maybe a couple couple different, like, one or two or three different things that you think really sets Ableton apart. The main thing, I think, is that um, I think of Live as a, a solution for creation and for performance, and like I mentioned, a lot of the other software feels like it's for recording engineers. Um, and for me, a lot of that is is about live session view and working capabilities. Um, yeah. And then it really comes down to workflow. I mean, uh, all these programs, digital audio workstations, essentially do the same things. Uh, it's about how they do them and how you interact with that. And um, I just find live to be the fastest, most efficient, most fun, and creatively inspiring sure. way, way to work. And for me, it's really still the only game in town for live performance. If you want to really go beyond traditional DJing and um, create your own environment for performance, uh, I don't really know of much competition at all. And with Live 10, I feel that the most exciting thing has to do in this realm of sound. Uh, uh, live is really sounding better than ever, in my opinion, with the new devices and the new sound content. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, <laughs> actually did a, a sound test. I, was, I went into Logic Pro and I bounced a song that I mastered in Logic. Uh, I'm Logic Pro certified, but I use Ableton most of the time. And then I bounced one. In uh, Pro Tools, I bounced it in Ableton Live 9, and I bounced it into 10. And I actually thought that Logic in 10 sounded a little more similar, but it seemed like 10 had more of a depth and more of a almost like an HD clarity type of sound, which it just sounded more high def. It really did. Even the 9 in Pro Tools and Logic, and I loved it. It was just so clean. It sounded great. So I definitely know that there's a little bit of something that went into the sound engine with 10 because it does sound different. Um, so with the new upgrades from 9 to 10, what are some of the things that you're most excited about as far as like devices, effects, or anything else? Uh, there's quite a bit. I think uh, Capture is a bit of a headline for me. I mean, I'll never go back to traditional recording MIDI notes again. Uh, this idea that live is always listening and uh, will capture your ideas even if you forget to press record. For me personally, I, I'm really excited about the Echo device. Yes. Um, you know, I've yes. always wanted to roll in Space Echo, can't really afford it. Oh, you know, and I've heard there's maintenance issues and all this. Um, I'm sure, yeah. And uh, to me, having that kind of a go-to delay device uh, is really nice. And I find uh, so much of my life is spent tweaking things just to sound right to my ears. Um, Echo just really nails it. Um, no matter what I do to the knobs and the parameters, I'm getting a really like musical result. I find it difficult to make it really sound bad. And yeah. um, I mean, a great example of that is the input section. You 
it's set up um, so that you can intentionally crank it up and overdrive the sound. Right. And it will respond right. in an analog-like way. Um, yeah. That, again, I find really musically pleasing. Uh, sometimes I use echo just for the input saturation alone. And um, I'll use that on, dr on drums, for example. Oh, that's uh, cool. Or individual uh, drum hits on a drum rack. Uh, yeah, I find it's a different flavor of saturation uh, and distortion than what you would get in pedal or a drum bus. That's awesome. Um, so I'm using drum bus a lot too. Obviously, as a drummer, I record myself, and uh, now I just throw drum bus uh, on there, and you know, to click the, yeah. the the compressor. To me, um, you just turn it on, and it's already dialed into the sweet spot. Yeah, um, it's instant magic. You know, it's great. Yeah, so I'm getting a, I'm getting a lot out of that. Um, some things uh, that maybe a lot of people don't notice right away. Um, if you go into the packs, there's new sound content. There's um, electric pianos, uh, and it's really focused on quality. You get these meticulously sampled uh, Fender Rhodes, Hammond uh, tone wheel organ, and uh, Wurlitzer. That's yeah. good to know. It's more toys to play with. And again, they just sound right to me. I find that, and, and try putting echo or a pedal on those electric pianos. Okay. And, uh, it just really sounds sweet to me. Oh, for sure. Um, if you go into the, there's a new pack called Drum Booth, uh, which again are these meticulously recorded samples of um, dry acoustic percussion. And uh, it's got all the normal, like hi hats, snare drums, kick drums, toms, things you'd expect. But if you go into the 64 pad packs, and especially if you have a push, um, there's some sounds that are like fingers on the snare drum. So each of the 64 pads is a different color and a slightly different variation of a finger on a snare drum. And it, as you go out to the rim or out to the, and into the center, it emulates exactly like playing an acoustic drum. And um, oh, that's I'm, cool. It's just really interesting to me that that points potentially to like the future of instrument design or pack, packs and samples with and how you might perform and play them with push just to get so many different expressive tones out of a single instrument played on push. Right. Um, I, I'm really inspired by that idea and I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. There's new, uh, these curated sound packs um, with names like Chop and Swing and Drive and Glow. And they're all like mix ready, radio ready um, sounds um, that are designed to be played and, and to get you in a creative workflow as fast as possible. So, you know, if you talk about finger drumming, um, that stuff is just really effective. I was just in a guitar center playing with my hands on push, and uh, this guy came up to me and offered to buy the beat <laughs> in the that's store. Awesome. And I'm like, that's dude, I'm just. I'm just playing the new sounds in live time. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's and that's that's what I love. You mentioned like uh, quality over quantity. It seems like there's so many packs. People are creating so many different like sample libraries now, and you know I'm I'm so happy to hear that Ableton is like really investing into like the highest quality packs and not like focusing on quantity, but just coming up with things like Echo. You know, like and it's just an, it's a brilliant device and it sounds amazing. Like you were saying earlier, like I love that thing. It's like the filter delay and the reverb and ping pong delay had a baby and its name was echo and it sounds fantastic i love it i love the video that you guys ableton posted um the other day it was like an atari uh like race car driver like game and like you were just playing with like the input and like the different delays for the left and the right and it was creating like a race car sound it was pretty awesome so no absolutely thank you for sharing that i'll have to check out some of the warlitzer and those other things you're talking about with the drums and the pack section so Everybody else go check that out, too. Ableton acquired Max 
last year, correct? How, I guess, is this going to change, I guess, like the user experience or like, are, is there anything in the works that we can look forward to uh, with this new development? Or like, maybe you can even talk a little bit how this is uh, really valuable for Ableton and its users. Yeah, it's good news for everyone. Um, you know, Ableton's had a long-standing relationship with Cycling 74. Uh, so the acquisition in many ways just formalizes uh, what's already existed. Um, but now everything in terms of sharing uh, what we're working on and collaborating on more effectively, um, you can already see that with Live 10, uh, where Max for Live is now 100% integrated, uh, runs seamlessly inside of Live. You know, it's part of the installation. It loads on startup. Um, all of the new Max for Live devices in Live 10 look like native devices in Live. And... Uh, it's just going to get better from there, cool. from here. Cool. Yeah, can you maybe explain a little bit to those who aren't familiar with Max what Max is really quick? Uh, I mean, it's, I think, best described as a, uh, an environment for creating software for media artists. Um, right. You know, the, uh, a colleague of mine uh, describes it as, um, you know, if Ableton Live is the kitchen that you cook your meal in, uh, the meal being the metaphor for making music, um, then Max MSP is like the tools that you use to build the kitchen in the first place. Right. Uh, and then... It's the kitchen aid, really. Yeah. Definitely. And then uh, the same guy, my colleague Ben Casey in New York, uh, also can, describes it as digital duct tape. Uh, in in the ben. sense, uh, yeah. spe specifically, um, you know, with Max for Live as well, uh, right. there's so many things that you can you can do to hack uh, the software, or the hardware, right. um, to make it do things uh, that maybe its uh, creators never intended. Um, hence, the digital duct tape. Right. Yeah, and you can do anything with duct tape. Really, you can fix anything. I fixed my car with duct tape before. So, yeah, you know, when you put it on the acoustic cymbals, it leaves a residue. <laughs> so I recommend gaff, gaff tape uh, has been my go-to recently. That's a good point. For your cymbals it, and for the rug, too. It's not always necessary, but it can be useful. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that, that's a really good analogy. I love it. But the push controller was like Ableton's first controller completely made in-house uh, before they worked with like Akai and some other companies to create, like, I guess, collaborate on controllers, but the push was Ableton's first completely made controller on their own. Do you, will there any be any new controllers in the future that maybe we might look forward to completely made by Ableton? Or is that something you're allowed to share? Well, um, you know, the product team in Berlin is constantly working on new ideas, uh, and there's always a lot of new things in development. Um, a lot of it's really exciting and I would, I think, surprising. Um, but I think you, as you might have realized, uh, we as a company uh, doesn't constantly flood the market with new products. And right. the goal is very much to improve the things that we do release. Um, so you'll notice in Live 10, Push has gotten a huge upgrade now. You can see, yeah. you can see the MIDI notes of the piano roll in that the screen display. Uh, the compressor and the EQ8 have new visualizations. So now you can use Push as a viable mixing tool as well. Sure. Um, so that's going to keep happening. Um, push is going to keep improving. Um, the original Push 1s are still being supported and updated with new features and improvements. 
Yeah. So that, yeah, that was something we were talking about in the the recent podcast episode. Uh, I was interviewing one of my friends, Ben, who's a push wizard, and he was talking about that. How one thing he loves about Ableton is you guys continue to support older products like the push one you know it's not like all right well we're doing the new thing we're just going to leave the old behind but you guys are continuing to update and uh are keeping up to tabs with those who are still using you know more outdated controllers or versions of ableton which is great yeah you um, know i heard um someone in one of the product teams in berlin was talking about push in relation to um being inspired by say a fender Rhodes or a gibson les paul that um this is something that uh we're very committed to and uh, that will will stick around uh, for a very long time. Yeah, and that's great to hear. That's great to hear. It shows how much you guys care about your users and about what's happening. So that's awesome. Um, those were a lot of the main questions I had for you. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to share about Ableton 10 or any updates that maybe a lot of people might not be aware of? Now it being release day, um, it's available for free to try if, um, if you haven't already checked out any of this exciting stuff with Live 10. Uh, okay. it's, lit it's literally all the features free for 30 days. You can go to Ableton.com, download the trial demo, uh, register it with your email address, and I mean, you could create, mix, and, and master an album in, in 30 days. Yeah. Um, and after that time, it's only saving and exporting that's disabled. So you could do everything, everything for free. For That is nice. Yeah, that's great. So if you aren't already playing with Ableton, now is your chance to play with the new Live 10. And there's all kinds of fun new toys that we've talked about to go do that. Also, I guess fun a, a, a fun fact, too, about Live 10 uh, is just how many uh, little improvements, updates, uh, and refinements have have been in there. Uh, last time I checked, there were 378 individual things that uh, had been made better with Live 10. Yes, there were a lot. I think it was 12 pages actually, because <laughs> I went through and I read all of them and it, it took a while. But yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. I was surprised how many shortcuts were added. There's a lot of shortcuts. And I feel like editing an arrangement view is like so much quicker now. Yeah, um, I mean, sometimes really... we get uh, blinded by some of these new shiny devices. Um, sure. About echo and pedal and drum bus and, and feed headline features like capture. But uh, there are so many small workflow things. And like you mentioned, arrangement view stuff, uh, things with automation, uh, the hotkeys. If, right. uh, if you already have Live 10, uh, the best thing to do might be to go to the help view and uh, then click on what's new in Live 10 is the, the top option. And that will take you through a guided tour of all the new improvements. Or Perfect. That's, that's a great tip. Yeah. So <clears throat> definitely go do that. Uh, all right. Well, cool. Thank you, Thomas. Um, we're running a little bit out of time. Thank you so much for joining us, penciling us into your busy schedule. Everybody, you can uh, go check out and get the free download of Ableton Live 10 at ableton.com. Also, thank you for listening. If you uh, are listening to this podcast and you want to learn uh, how to use Ableton, uh, learnabletononline.com is a website that we are developing, uh, sponsoring this podcast. And we will be sharing um, with the new website release coming in April. Um, if you want to sign up for the newsletter, then we'll, we'll push you some updates on the launch of that website. And then uh, you should be getting some free tutorials on how to use Ableton as a beginner. And we'll have some more advanced tutorials and blog posts as well to share with you. So uh, learnabletononline.com if you guys want to check that out. 
Uh, thanks again, Thomas, for joining us. You, you're awesome, and I love what you guys are doing over there in Berlin and here in the States. And uh, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you when you come to Indy. We'll have a good time. Um, and thanks for having me as a guest. Awesome, fun. man. Yeah, for sure. You too, man. Thanks, Thomas. Talk soon. Great. Thanks. Awesome. This podcast is sponsored by LearnAbletonOnline.com, a community of Ableton Live users connecting you to the pros to learn today's music production.